Well, good morning, Wellspring Church. Um, I am excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Um, for those of you that have no idea who I am, my name is Graham Wilson. I'm on the leadership team here at Wellspring. And I'm excited that this weekend, Pastor Jason and Ava were able to take the weekend off, spend time with family, because again, family's important, and even pastors need to spend time with family, right? So um, tonight, today, we are going to continue in our Home Alone series. Uh, over the last kind of several weeks, we've been looking and taking the movie of Home Alone and seeing what biblical truths we can kind of connect with that movie, what kind of recurring themes are happening. And this morning, we're going to continue to do just that. But before we go any further, I need to pray. So would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Um, God, I know that you were in the preparation for this sermon. So God, my, my prayer this morning is that, um, that the words that are going to be spoken are not my words, um, that the words that are going to be spoken are your words. And God, I pray for the men and women in this room, God, that they, um, some people in this room had a great holiday, and some people in this room had a really tough holiday. So God, I pray that whatever they need to hear this morning, that they're going to hear from you. So Jesus, we love you, I thank you, and in your name, amen. amen. All right, so for those of you that have heard me preach before, you know I love to start off with asking a question. I'm an Enneagram 5, it's who I am, so this morning you're just going to have to kind of put up with that with me. Um, so I'm going to start off with asking a really light, easy, non-obtrusive question. Um, so how many of you could resonate with a question if I asked you, do you have a past? Okay, maybe not an easy question, but my guess is that a lot of you can resonate with that question because the reality is we all have a past. And what I've learned after talking with a lot of people, and I'm sure you have too, is that the people that say I don't have a past have just gotten really good at wearing a mask. Because no matter where we are, young, old, rich, poor, no matter what, we all have something in our past. And my guess is that just the question of, do you have a past, has probably sent some of you into a tailspin. Thinking back of those memories, those experiences, those past relationships, those hurts, that sin maybe that has been in your past. And here's what I need you to hear this morning. Here's what I want to challenge you with this morning. Is that past that stuff that you're holding on to is distracting you and holding you back from the purpose that God has for your life. And, and here's, here's my prayer for you this morning, is that, that you'll take that past after having an encounter with Jesus, that you'll lay that past at his feet, that you'll lay those things, those hurts, those experiences, those past relationships, that trauma at his feet. And then after that, after having that encounter, you'll be able to experience the purpose and mission that God has for your life. And that boldly, you'll be able to claim victory. Let's watch this clip.
Christmas, sweetheart. Okay, so that is, for those of you that are familiar with the Home Alone movie, um, that is the end scene of the movie. That is the scene that after all the craziness has happened, right? Kevin has rescued the house from the burglars, the, the booby traps, all that is done. You know, his mom has been racing back, traveling through airports and, and hanging out with John Candy and, and doing all those things to try and get back to Kevin. And here's what I imagine for Kevin's mom. If for those of you that have ever been kind of like on an overnight airplane ride, you know that after you get to kind of altitude, they, they drop the lights, and all that you're left with is the kind of the dark and the sound of the engine noise. And what I imagine for Kevin's mom in that moment is, is her reminiscing her past, right? Her, her shame, her, those questions of, am I a good mom? You know, I, I left my son home alone. Maybe a better mom wouldn't have done that. And my, my guess is that after in that moment, she just, re- she just kept rehearsing those scenes back and back and back. But then when she saw her son, she said, Kevin, I'm sorry. And in that moment, there's that beautiful embrace where that forgiveness was experienced. And, and here's what I need you to hear, is that love cuts through hurt. That love cuts through shame. And that through love, true forgiveness can be experienced. So here's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Three things. Um, Number one, everyone in this room, no matter what, has a past. On some level, you have a past. Number two, we all need an encounter. And number three, We all have a purpose. Uh, Turn to someone next to you and say, I got a past. We're going to be bold. But God gave me a purpose. Today, I want to challenge you that your past doesn't disqualify you, but your past enables you. That your past doesn't disqualify you, but your past enables you after you have an encounter with Jesus. But so many of us are doing life on our own. We got our own plans. We're going driving in our own lane, right? And for a lot of us, when we look at our past, we, we hear Jesus say in scripture that I want to redeem you. But so often we say, I don't need you. Don't we? Well, this morning, we are going to look in the letters of Acts at a life of a man who was on a road, had his own plans, was ready to claim victory in his own plans, but after having an experience with God, everything would change. For those of you that are following along in your Bibles, don't worry, it's going to be up on the screen. We're going to be in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1, and let me uh, kind of fill you in of where we're at in the Bible. Okay, we're going to be looking at the Apostle Paul, but For some of you, you may know that Paul is a famous guy. He wrote half of the New Testament, right? But Paul wasn't always the Apostle Paul, 
right? Paul had a past. Paul had a really dark past. And we're going to look at that this morning. So where we're at in scripture is about one to two years after Jesus had risen from the dead. And the disciples were being bold. They were going out into the Jewish nation and they were claiming that Jesus was alive and that through Jesus, they could experience eternal life that because Jesus had risen from the dead. And they were having tremendous impact, big impact, huge impact. But not everyone was kind of thrilled of what was going on. And a few chapters before here, what we're going to read in nine, there was a guy named Stephen. And Stephen was a brand new disciple, and he was excited. I don't know if you've ever met one of those excited Christians, right? But that was Stephen. And Stephen was boldly claiming that Jesus was alive, Jesus was the Messiah, and that through him, they could experience eternal life. But the Jewish people of the time did not agree. And what Stephen was saying so enraged them that they dragged him out into the, out of the city, into the street, and began stoning him to death. And there's an interesting note in that scripture that says, because the, the people couldn't get enough leverage of throwing those stones, killing Stephen, that they had to take their jackets off. And they laid their jackets at the feet of a young man named Paul. And it says that Paul was very pleased with what he has seen. You, you see, Paul was a bad dude. Paul was a bad dude with a bad past. And to many in his day, Paul would have been considered a terrorist. And that's where we're going to pick up this morning, starting in Acts 9, verse 1. It says this. Meanwhile, Saul, who was also Paul, was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Bad dude. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. The way would have been anyone who followed Jesus because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father but by me. Radical, bold, and they didn't like it. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Number one, everyone has a past. As you can see in the scripture, Paul was a bad dude. Paul hated Christians. Paul hated Christians so much, he wasn't one of those guys that had to be asked to do something. Paul, on his own accord, went to the high priest and said, Yo, there is a hideout city in Damascus. I want your permission. I want your resources. I want to go there and I want to bring them all back because I want to imprison them. We want to beat them and we want to kill them. Any man or woman. Paul was a bad dude. But Paul was doing what was right in his own eyes. You see, Paul had his own plan, but Jesus didn't fit into that plan. And Paul was one of those guys that would stop at nothing at claiming victory in his own story. Um, I don't know about you, but I have had a rough year. Maybe you had a great year. That's fantastic. I'm happy for you. But for Heather and I, it's been a really difficult year. But one of the things that happened this year was Heather and I were asked to go to kind of this leadership intensive thing where a group of other leaders were going to kind of analyze us, question us, and see if we were qualified to kind of do more in leadership, do more in ministry. 
Now, I have to tell you that we wrestled with this question for a really long time because maybe you're not like this, but like we had our own plans. We had what we wanted to do. And this situation, this opportunity didn't fit into our plans. But after praying a lot and getting counsel, we finally decided to say yes. We felt like, I don't know what step five, six, seven is, but I know this is the next step of obedience for us. So we said yes. But I also have to tell you that the minute that we said yes, I really, really struggled. Because the entire time I kept disqualifying myself because of my past. Uh, For those of you that don't know my story super well, there was a time, and maybe you've heard this phrase before, I was one of those Christians that had one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I was always kind of in this tension. It kind of sounded like this. I wasn't Christian enough for my Christian friends, but I also wasn't bad enough for, you know, like the bad friends, right? And I never felt like I fit in or I belonged. And in that process, I made some really, really poor choices. And I did some things that were like sinful and, and brought shame into my life. Because I let my insecurities at the time to justify my sin. And I would say things like, listen, it doesn't really matter what I'm going to do. Because I'm never going to be anyone important. Right? The choices I make now aren't going to affect tomorrow because I'm never going to be anybody. So what does it matter? And I connected my self-doubts with my self-worth. Have you ever been there? But guess what? God says in his word that I am worth it. And God also says in his word that you're worth it. Turn to someone next to you and say, I'm worth it. Here's the lesson that I didn't learn until way later. And here's the lesson that Paul didn't learn until way later either. Is that we are so trying so hard to do good in our plan when God is trying to make us holy in his plan. You see, we all got big plans. Some of us bigger than others, but we all got plans. But if those big plans aren't God's plans, we are never going to experience true lasting victory in those things. When we are living outside of God's will for our life, It's never going to work out well. So many of us, like Paul, have our own Damascus, right? Our goal, where we're going to claim victory. And it looks different for all of us. Some of us say like, oh, if I only claimed victory in my relationship, I know it would be okay. If I only had that boyfriend or that girlfriend or that got engaged, or that, I would be fine. I know I would win then. Some of us, it's money. If I only got that better job, if I only had more of my 401k, if I only had a little bit more in the bank, all my problems would be solved. It's so many different things for us, isn't it? Your plans do not lead, my plans do not lead to true, lasting victory or freedom. Everyone in this room has a past. 
But what we decide to do and what we allow God to do with our past makes all the difference. Let's continue reading in verse three. It says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and a voice, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. You see, Paul comes in on a high horse and gets knocked on his butt and gets asked, why are you persecuting me? What? And Paul's sitting there like, God, I thought we were on the same team. I'm confused. I thought my plans aligned with your plans. This doesn't make sense. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. At this point in the story, Paul's world is completely shook. The dead Jesus that I have been slaughtering people for is alive. Everything I knew is now been thrown out the window. It's an interesting note too that Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? He doesn't say, why are you persecuting the church? Why are you persecuting my people? Why are you persecuting my mission? No, he says me. Because the beautiful picture here is when we say yes to Jesus, us and Jesus is inseparable through his love. In verse seven, it says, the men with saw stood there speechless. What? <laughs> For they heard a sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he was blind. For his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained blind for three days and did not eat or did not drink. Number two, everyone needs an encounter. After Paul had his encounter with the risen Jesus, Paul was made blind for three days. What I found interesting about that is Jesus would spend three days at tomb after claiming victory over death. And Paul would spend three days blind after just receiving life. Um, during that leadership intensive process, uh, there was the last night before we were going to get our results, before what they were going to tell us, you know, here's what we kind of came up with. And I have to tell you that as we got back to the car, um, I had a complete meltdown. Because in that moment, all I felt was disqualified. All I kept remembering and reminding myself in my head was, I'm just one of those dumb homeschool kids. I didn't go to college. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve to be here. Don't you remember your past? Don't you remember your shame? Graham, you don't deserve to stand on a stage like this. What if they found out who you really are? Where do they know what you think? And I began cycling through all of these things, disqualifying myself in the process. And at the end of it, all I wanted to do was quit. I'm done. It's been real. You know, God, I know you wanted me to do this, but like my plans are better. And I wanted to quit. 
So we sat in silence in the car for a while, and then as uh, wise wives do, um, Heather asked me a a question. Um, She said, you know, you've been talking a lot about what you say you are. But who does God say you are? And in that moment... I had my encounter. Because what God did is he began reminding me of who he said I was, that I am a child of God, that I have been redeemed, that I have experienced his forgiveness, that in my weakness, his strength will be made known, that I am fully known and fully loved. Church, that day I had my encounter with Jesus. And what I need to ask you this morning is, are you ready to have yours. After Paul had his encounter, Paul had a choice. He could have said, oh Jesus, I know you love me. I know you've forgiven me. Thank you. That's great. I'm just going to stay here in the middle of the road. Jesus, don't you know what I've done? I've spent my entire life coming after you, slaughtering your people. I know you say you've qualified me, but I'm not ready. I haven't forgiven myself. I don't love myself. Jesus, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay right here. But here's what Paul knew in this moment. All he knew in this moment, that there was a God in heaven that loved him, that forgave him. And all he needed to do was take that next step of obedience. He didn't know the plan. He didn't know what he was going to experience, but he just knew that his purpose was at the end of that road. There are two kinds of people in this room right now. There are people that haven't even had an encounter with Jesus yet. There are people this morning that need to say, Jesus, I don't know all the answers. I, don't, I haven't read your word to the full. I don't know anything, but here's what I do know. I do know that you love me, I do know that that through you I can experience forgiveness and that's all I need to know right now. Some of you need to have that encounter, but others of you, you've had that encounter, but you're stuck. But you're stuck. You've said, Jesus, I know you've forgiven me, but I haven't forgiven myself. I have all this stuff in my past, my shame, my trauma, my, my hurts, my pains, but I'm not willing to give it up. God, I know you've set me free, but I'm not ready to be free. Because the chains that you freed me from are a little bit too comfortable for me. God, these chains of my past, it's my past. God, the chains of my fear, it's my fear. God, the chains of my shame, it's my shame, my anxiety, whatever it is, you aren't willing to let go of it because it feels just a little bit too comfortable. Listen, you are not who you say you are. You are who God says you are. And God has said you are loved and you are worthy. And he also says, listen, do you know that weakness that you keep talking about? You know that weakness that is holding you back? You know that weakness that you can't let go of? Well, through your weakness, I can do a miracle. That the world might want to shame you, but I want to redeem you. 
and that you might say you're disqualified, but I want to empower you for so much more. So if this is what God's saying, what what are you going to do about it? Because this is the Jesus we serve and this is the Jesus we follow because everyone needs an encounter. Let's continue reading in verse 10. It says, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, the moon. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied, so zealous. The Lord said, go to Straight Street, which still exists in Syria. You can go there if you wish. I wouldn't, but you could. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. And I have heard, I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, have, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. He is authorized by leading priests to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. Jesus, I don't think you know what I know. Paul's a really bad dude. You have to be mistaken. Your grace, your forgiveness can't go that far. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. And it goes on to say that Ananias would go to Paul. He would lay hands on him. Paul would be baptized. He would be, his blindness would be healed. And then Paul would immediately go on mission proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. A beautiful story. Now, some of you right now will be saying, that's a cool story. But what I need you to hear this morning is this isn't just Paul's story. This is our story. Because everyone has a past. Paul had a past. You have a past. Everyone needs an encounter. Paul had an encounter. You need an encounter. And everyone has a purpose. Because Paul had a purpose. And you have a purpose. After I had my encounter um, with Jesus in the car, um, I would love to tell you that immediately everything was okay. But here's what happened. That next morning, I came in and I said, all right, God, I know who I am in you. Uh, I'm worth it. Yes, cool, awesome, great. Um, But this still isn't what you're really calling me to. Because, I, I, you know, here's what I thought they're going to say. Like, hey, you're kind of gifted. We see some stuff. But, like, you should probably go do something else. Right? Like, maybe you should just be the sound guy. Or maybe you should just be the Photoshop guy. Or maybe you should just be just, just, just. All those things that in my life are comfortable. So I, I, uh, we got there that morning and they invited us into um, a small room and uh, it was turned into like an episode of The Voice or American Idol, right? Where he just kept talking and you're like, commercial break, commercial break, like get to the point. So after a, a little bit, he said to me, um, Graham, do you want to know what we came up with? Yes, of course they do. What do you think we're here? <laughs> so he slid the book, uh, a book over to me and he said, flip open to the first page. And as he did that, I opened it, and in big green letters it said, approved. 
Now, the guy asked me, um, Graham, what are you thinking? And he asked me that because I'm Graham and I don't talk much. <laughs> and he said, Graham, what are you thinking? And honestly, in that moment, I had no idea. But here's what I did know. That in that moment, I was approved for a purpose. I didn't know what that purpose was, but all I knew is I took a step of obedience and in that moment, I needed to take another step of obedience. Every single one of you in this room this morning has been freed for a purpose. And for many of you, the very reason that you've been chosen by God is because of that perceived weakness in your life. That you might cause it, call it a weakness, but God calls it a miracle that he can do through you. That I'll enable you for an either greater calling in your life and so that you can claim victory in your life. Let me, uh, let me try and uh, illustrate this. Um, uh, Katie, where's Katie? Hey, hey, okay. I want you to come up here. I want you to stand right there. Okay, now Katie is going to represent all of us, right? Um, this isn't Katie Pacific, this is all of us. And what we tend to do is we tend to um, get clingy, right? We don't like to let go of things. So Katie's got some plans, right? Hold on to that, awesome, right? We, we got our own plans, we don't like to let go of our plans. But you know what, we also got shame, we got stuff in our past. And you're gonna hold on to that, cool, cool, cool right? We also got some sin in our life that, you know, we've had an encounter with Jesus. We know we've been freed from things, but we're not willing to let go of things because we like to cling on to things. So we're going we're gonna to add some shame. Cool. Good job. Good. But we also have our past. We all have things in our past that we've been unwilling to let go of because we cling on to it. Jesus said, I freed you from it, but we'd like to cling on to it. So you got that too. Cool. All right, Katie, here's what I need you to do. Um, this is God's purpose, right? Because God is saying to you, to claim victory, you need to accept my victory. And accepting my victory, you're going to let go of things. You're going to let go of your past and your sin and your shame and your plans. But so often we get clingy. So, so how are we supposed to see our purpose? How are we supposed to catch God's purpose for our life? So, Katie, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand there, and I, you, you're not going to let go of these boxes because you're really clingy to them. So you can't put the boxes down. You can't move, and you can't do anything, okay? But you want to experience your purpose for your life, right? So God is going to toss you his purpose. He wants you to receive his purpose. He wants you to accept what he has for your life. So you're going to catch this ball, okay? Don't move because you're clingy. God is saying to you, I want you to experience more in your life. But how are we willing, how are we able to experience what God has for us? How are we willing to accept, to claim victory while we accept his victory if we aren't willing to let these things go? Jesus has freed us from these things. And we say to God, God, what is the plan for my life? God, I want to experience more. I want to know your purpose but I also want to hold on to these things. All right, Katie, why don't you put those boxes down here? I'll, I'll kind of, <laughs> right? 
So, so you, you've surrendered these things, right? You're, you're leaving these things behind. So it's amazing when we put those things down and we surrender those things to Jesus that when God takes our purpose and throws it to us, it's amazing how much easier it is to accept and receive God's calling, to accept our purpose. Would you give Katie a, a hand? To claim victory, we need to accept his victory. And in order to accept his victory, you need to accept the freedom and what Jesus did for you on the cross. He paid it all. He got rid of it all. And what I, the beautiful picture, what I love, what we see in this, in this passage is, is that just like what we saw in that video with Kevin and his mom, right? Kevin didn't go to his mom and say, um, don't you remember what you did to me? You left me alone. You abandoned me. I couldn't have gotten hurt. And reminding his mom of his past, as a, of her past and her shame and on go and on. No, in that moment, there was just a beautiful embrace, a beautiful moment of forgiveness. In that moment, victory could be claimed. Paul left on his journey to claim victory in his own story. But he arrived in Damascus claiming victory in God's story. Here's my challenge for us this morning. It's 2019. What do you need to leave in 2019 to receive what God has for you in 2020? What do you need to leave to receive? Because so many of you are holding on to shame, hurt, past, anxiety, and the list goes on and on and on. And God wants to enable you. God wants to empower you. God wants you to experience so much more. But we are so distracted and held back by clinging on to things that we need to leave behind. And here's my guess this morning, because this is how the Holy Spirit works with me is my guess this morning is that the minute that we've been talking about this, there's been a whisper in your ear of the very thing you know that's been holding you back. You know what you need to leave behind in 2019 to enable what God has for you in 2020. So that's my, my prayer for you today, that you will not leave this room without letting it we're going to close by singing Sea of Victory. But we can't boldly claim Sea of Victory if we are holding on to our stuff and we aren't willing to claim what God has for us, to claim His victory. So are you bold enough this morning? Are you bold enough this morning to leave behind what God wants you to let go of? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you we can look at the life of Paul and see a mirror into our own life that we have a past, we need an encounter, and we have purpose. 
God, I pray in this moment that no one will leave this room not leaving the things in their life they need to leave behind. That there is hurt in this room right now, there is pain in this room right now, there is fear in this room right now, but I pray for boldness to let that go. God, I don't know what's happening in hearts. God, I don't, but you do. So God, in this moment, I pray, Jesus, free us from the things that we need to be freed from. Give us courage to let go. So in 2020, we can live in victory and we can boldly sing, I'm gonna see a victory. Jesus, in your holy, holy name. Amen. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.